Welcome to Piano Writers and Works. My name is Holly Harland and in today's episode is Beethoven, the New Testament, part two. Previously in Beethoven, the New Testament, I explored Beethoven's background and musical influence on how he became a pianist. For those who have not listened to the first episode, Beethoven has been described as the New Testament of piano literature, with Bach's The Well-Tempered Clavier being the Old Testament, which was described by Hans von Barlow, who was the first person to perform all of Beethoven's works in a single concert cycle. Also, the episode analyzes two key sonatas, piano sonata number 14 in C-sharp minor, movement two, also known as the Moonlight Sonata, and piano sonata number eight in C minor, movement one, also known as the Pathetique Sonata. I found it difficult trying to put Beethoven into one episode like the previous series, so I decided to put it into two parts in hopes that you will enjoy each episode. If you have not already, I recommend listening to the previous episode, which is the first episode of Series 2, Beethoven, the New Testament, Part 1. We ended the previous episode discussing how Beethoven was talented at creating many themes. As musicians, we use the word motif in his works. It is very apparent through many compositions that the feeling was conveyed and that was helped through utilising the classic motif. This is a short musical idea, melodic, harmonic, rhythmic or any combination of these three. A motif may be of any size and is most commonly regarded as the shortest subdivision of a theme or phrase that still maintains its identity as an idea. The most recognisable motif by Beethoven is in his Symphony No. 5 in C minor. This motif from Symphony No. 5 is recognisable because of the initial onslaught of the booming strings playing repetitive quaver notes which begins on the offbeat. The use of rhythm and dynamics at the beginning creates dramaticism and intensity. Also this motif is distinctive to any audience as the first section of the allegro movement uses a chain of descending thirds which is catchy to the listener due to it being repetitive and as it is placed low in register it creates an eerie and dark tone. Beethoven begins with the falling third of G to E flat 
asserting the tonic chord of C minor and then moves a tone downwards on the third bar. Beethoven himself allegedly described the figure as fate knocking at the door. It is an evocative image, but the source of the attribution, Beethoven's sometime friend Anton Schneidler, was known for not letting facts get in the way of a good story. In any event, the notion of the fate theme or fate motif has remained a popular one. In contrast, the second motif implements a lyrical melody as the clarinets play a smooth and legato rising then falling four bar phrase, which is then imitated by the flutes an octave higher. This melody contrasts in tone to the motif as placing it within a higher register in the clarinets and flutes, giving the piece a sense of hope and happiness against the aggressive opening sequence. The reason for exploring the symphony, even though it is not a pianist's work, along with piano sonatas number 14 and 8, is because Beethoven is able to create a mood and feeling, leading to the development of the titles being given to these particular sonatas, and many critiques have debated whether Beethoven is classical or romantic. I touched on the subject of Beethoven being classical or romantic in the previous episode. However, Beethoven's Fifth Symphony has allowed romantic historians to state his music is romantic from the use of its variations of motifs, which are tied together in expressive release of emotional tension. My belief is that Beethoven bridged the gap between classicism and romanticism. There are musicologists that believe differently and everyone is entitled to their opinion. At the end of the day, Beethoven's music is classical, with some of his works allowing the interpretation to be part of the romanticists, as I think it is fair to say that he had a romantic outlook. For example, innovating the symphony and quartet, replacing the minuet with a more dynamic scherzo, or the use of tonality heard in the first allegro of the Aurora Symphony Number no. 3. The listener's subconscious mind remains orientated to E flat major, even in the most distant keys, so that when, long before the recapitulation, the music touches on the dominant B flat, this is immediately recognisable as being the dominant. Also, the concerto having the entry of solo instrument before an orchestra ritonello in the fourth and fifth piano concerti, a device anticipated by Mozart, but to quite different effect, reinforces the sense of the soloist as a protagonist, even a romantic hero, an effect later composers would struggle to reproduce. These are all fine examples of Beethoven giving an insight into romantic music, his creativity, his passion of giving something new to music. When I started even thinking about doing a podcast, I knew that it had to come from passion. And I hope that wasn't too overbearing as I've ranted to you all about Beethoven. You know, I wouldn't do it if I didn't enjoy music. I like to end this episode with a work by Beethoven that if you know, 
you'll know as a pianist how much this piece can annoy yourself when you are asked for the billionth time to play it. I read the other day that it was not published until 40 years after Beethoven's death. It's very bizarre that he didn't publish it and grateful that it was discovered by Ludwig Knoll, who published and transcribed the work, with it later being transcribed by Barry Cooper. The title was given by Ludwig Knoll as For Elise on April the 27th in memory of Ludwig van Beethoven. The piece is in rondo form, with the main theme appearing three times, separated by contrasting sections. The shape of the piece in rondo form can be summarised as ABACA, where A is the main theme and B and C are the two development sections. This is important to music as Beethoven used rondo form in many compositions, with it being a new structure and a new alternative to the sonata form, which was and is loved throughout the classical era. It's something to add to the classical romantic debate of Beethoven's works. 
I like to add that I do not disrespect this piano work. It is a beautiful masterpiece. When you're seven or eight and you really become bored of playing the six note phrase along with three arpeggios, you will want to play something different. It's one of the most accessible pieces to play with many debates on what great piece this actually is as the main theme can be learned by anyone and like myself it was used in beginner classes as a child. Thank you all for listening to Piano Writers and Works. Don't forget to follow on social media at hrh.music on Instagram and TikTok to get the exclusive behind the scenes. See you all in the next episode. Bye.